0: Welcome to DYK, sharing reputable Ataxia information in short, simple, digestible surveys. Helping the world become acquainted with Ataxia, with your host, Dana Mora. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Did You Know podcast. I'm here in Philly at the annual Ataxia conference. It's been a real busy morning. There's all people checking in. There are people that are walking around and setting things up, but there's also the uh, researchers that are in, and I am very fortunate because I was able to grab one of them, and her name is Megan Kaiser, and she's joining me this morning. Hi, Megan. Welcome to you. Thank you so much. I understand that you are part of Bev Davidson's lab. Correct. So can I ask, what are you guys working on in terms of ataxia? Um, so our lab primarily works on spinocerebellar ataxia type 1 okay.
1: and gene therapies to prevent the onset of the disease. Okay. Um, we also have a grad student right now who's also looking at SCA2 and uh, looking at the new hot gene editing technology of CRISPR to um, learn more about the basic biology of the disease as well as potentially look to rescue phenotypes. Or pathology
0: symptoms. So tell me a little bit about your history and how it is that you came to be a researcher, and especially with a focus on ataxia in mm-hmm. SCA-1.
1: Um, so I did my undergraduate work in integrative physiology, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into the medical field or research. And I went to a, a Midwestern college that was very focused on learning And if you were even thinking about going into the medical profession, they wanted you to volunteer in the
0: hospital with patients and also do research in your free time. So it was kind of like a cross. So you were actually fortunate because you got to see both sides. Exactly.
1: And this is what kind of changed my life path forever. I, um, I spent time volunteering with patients in the burn treatment unit, which also had overflow from all of the... Toughest cases, I guess, and then the surgical intensive care unit. And it turned out that there were a lot of terminal patients with diseases that have no cure and no therapy available. And these, the doctors, bless their hearts, were just trying to make, improve the the quality of life for the time remaining. And that wasn't good enough for me. It was very difficult to see that happening and not
0: be able to go in and intervene and do something. Yeah, it's almost like you're helpless, right? You're watching so something helpless. that you can't do anything about, and so you didn't want to sit back and watch that. You exactly. wanted to take action in some way. If
1: there was a way. Right. so And I was lucky enough to be working in a lab that was working on um, aspects of Parkinson's disease at the time, which doesn't really have a cure. Mm-hmm. Um, they have therapies right now which help. Um, and yeah. and yeah. it hit me, it was like, this is it. We have to stop the problem before these people develop the disease. Right. Um, and I went on to graduate school, and I was lucky enough to join one of the leaders in the gene therapy field at the time, Dr. Beverly Davidson. Um, and there had been a paper done a couple years before in her lab showing the proof of concept of RNA interference, which is basically um, targeting the nasty gene in these mm-hmm. diseases and making it go away yep. in in the person, and and then leading to a therapy. And um, preliminary work had been done. A great paper was published, and I was like, "This is it! I want to do. do. Exactly. I want to do I want to make all the bad genes go I, away." Yes. yes. <laughs> so I jumped on that, and I was devouring all the literature on the ataxia community, really. And it's a, it's a pretty small community it's relative small to community. other Alzheimer's or the cancers. So um, I was trying to devour all this information. And my project kind of took off um, thanks to research models that were made by the people who discovered the genes mm-hmm. that causes ataxia type 1. Um, and, I, and I knew that this was this was what was going to be the helping situation. So in school, as a grad student, you get very um, directed, and, and you look at the cell lines you're working with, and you look at the, the
0: genes that you're working with. So you're like in the microscope exactly. looking at all of that. And it's, yeah, you're just very focused. And
1: you're very um, taken away from... Reality, kind of, you're in your own little vial, if you will. Yeah. Um, and when I uh, was close to graduating with my th- with my PhD, I was um, able to come to the National Ataxia Foundation meeting for researchers one year, and it was it it was amazing. Um, not only because I was able to see all the leaders in the field talk about all of the wonderful things they're doing, trying to go for a cure, but then at the very end of the scientist meeting, it overlaps with the patients' meeting, and I was able to reach out and see patients at all different stages, their families, um, their children, potentially, and, and we're trying so, so hard, especially for this generation and the next generation, um, so that they won't have to go through what previous generations have gone through with diseases
0: like this. But um, I think it makes a huge difference, right? So here you are, all this time looking through the microscope. You're looking at all your cells on a, you know, a, di- a petri dish, yeah, petri dish. And then suddenly you come in contact with those people walking, who have the talking, disease that yes. you've been looking at, and with families
1: and thoughts and interests and. And then two years ago at the meeting, um, it was the first time that the scientists had had a kind of an interactive dinner, which actually happens tonight, which is my favorite part of the whole meeting. They invite um, family members and patients, some of which are my age and still out there fighting. um, And they talk about their life, how it's been so far, um, the age of progression, their dreams for the future, um, and all of them are so eager to hear what we're doing to try to help them. And all of the scientists are so eager to tell them what how close we are on multiple different levels and And although science can be um, competitive in a way, uh, at this meeting in particular, every single person, even if we're working on the same disease but different therapies, it's not it's not mine's going to be better it's whatever is best for the patient if it's a combination we will team up with you and somehow we will deliver both therapeutics and it's it's truly for the patients
0: yeah it's a collaboration and you're afforded that opportunity to be put in a room with other scientists that Mm -hmm. are looking at similar things and Mm -hmm. what What a a great way to just take advantage of everybody's mm-hmm. research and combine it all for the better of the patient. Yeah. Exactly.
1: We have neurologists who have studied the disease for years. Um, we have patients, we have family members of patients who have since passed on but live to tell their story. And um, it it makes it all worth it getting up in the morning and going in. And when your experiment doesn't work, it can be very devastating. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it makes you just kind of pull up your britches and hunker down and because be like, you there's, know, this there's is a different gonna help way. Mary. Exactly. It's like you, it's you not that I just put a face and a name. Right. No. And whatever it takes. That one didn't work. Okay, fine. I will find a different, better way to make this work to right. get closer to clinic. Yeah. So
0: yeah, that's, that's the dream. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I think it's so fabulous that the National Ataxi Foundation puts on this venue. And brings everybody together to give everybody the opportunity to learn from one another Mm -hmm. and to see what some of the things that you are working on, how those impact the patients too, which is really great. I'm so appreciative of you coming and spending a couple of minutes with us. Thank you so much. My
1: pleasure. Thank you.
0: Is there anything that you would want the Ataxia families to know from you personally, um, being a researcher in this field?
1: We... uh, We are trying so hard and trying to move so quickly um, to make sure that any therapy that we make is not only beneficial, but also very safe. Mm -hmm. And in the U.S., um, we have an FDA who who is, they want to make sure that anything that we give to people is safe. And so there are a lot of regulations, and we are tackling those right now to make sure that whatever we manufacture will be safe and beneficial in the patients so um, i know it seems like it's taking a long time but it's to make sure that we have the very best very safest intervention that we can get
0: that's a really great summary thank you so much for spending time with me thank you so much and as always thank you for joining in to another episode of the did you know podcast until next time have a really great day imagine that dana Morrow the did you know woman for more great topics go to itunes youtube soundcloud or join us on facebook or at rideforjohn.org till next time d y k